Hello, Mr. Mario. You called an exterminator about your rabbit problem? Yes, sir. I'm glad you got here. These rabbits, they're all over the castle. Uh, don't worry, sir. We'll get some carrots and... Wait, you said rabbits, right? No, I said a rabbits with a D at the end. Look, there are gluing Goombas to my walls. Oh, right. My bad. I thought, you know, with the accent... It's a fine. I get it all the time. Can you uh, get rid of them? I can sure try. Let me just take a look at your basement. Let's see. Banana? Oh, God. It's worse than I thought. The nest of rabbits has attracted a minion. Minion? What the hell is a minion? Have you not looked at a Facebook timeline in the past decade? Look, see the yellow one in the back with the goggles? That's a minion. They are harmless, but very annoying. Once those get in the walls, they make multiple nests and come back unless you get them all. Luca, can you do the job or not? Oh, I can exterminate them, but it's going to cost an arm and a leg and involve ripping some of your walls out. <sighs> all right, fine. Anything to get these screaming maniacs out of the castle. Need to get back to the truck to get a flamethrower and a crowbar, and while I'm there, I'll come up with a quote. Be right back. Peach, hand me your telephone. Ah! No, I don't want to take a selfie. I need to call the Mushroom Kingdom Bank of Atalone. Rabbids, minions, mamma mia. I'll take a Bowser any day. This is RBG Backtrack, RB Gamer's official retro gaming podcast covering titles from the early days of PC gaming right up through the consoles of yesteryear. Join hosts Kelly Ryan, Matt Mason, and the estimable Mike Minky as they and their guests tell you what to borrow, what to buy, and what to relegate to that big backlog in the sky. Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, which is your news show, and Q&A Quest, which is your feedback show. We are your nostalgia show. I am Kelly Ryan, your helpful host, and the, the Luigi to my Mario, Mr. Matt Mason. Oh, I take that as a huge compliment. I, I, I think I, didn't I say fuck Mario on another episode? Um, oh, maybe that was my other podcast. But yes, I love <laughs> Luigi. Woohoo! Go Luigi! Good, but he's here. Say that to his face. <laughs> good, because like even the, the the game we're talking about tonight joked about, oh, well, who's the green guy? Oh, oh, <laughs> man. It's yeah, a good thing I didn't play this game then. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love Luigi, but he's so lovable and dreamy. He just, is. I want to hug him. Llewellyn? Um, <laughs> that, that was one of the names they came up with for him. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, man. Llewellyn? <laughs> Uh, that that Rude. voice you hear is Pascal Takaya. Bah. <laughs> We've also got Josh Carpenter. Bah. Paul Scarelli. It's a me. And Mr. Mike Wheels Apps, Mr. Uh, Q and A Quest himself. What's a Luigi? <laughs> bah. That's what I say to that. And we are talking about Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which surprisingly enough seems to be kind of a beloved game, which you never would have thought a Rabbit's game would be so well loved. I think it's the only beloved Rabbit's game. <laughs> the only Rabbit's game I've ever played, everybody. Yeah. yeah. I, 
everybody that saw this game, because I think it leaked at one point, was like, oh, it's going to be another party game or something. And, you know, I, as far as I was could tell, the Raymond fan base did not like the Rabbits because they kind of took over a series. You're right. I actually remember when it leaked, and I remember just having so much disdain for the series for, for this entry because it was like the Switch had been out for a few months, and at this point, if you had gotten <clears throat> the Switch when it came out, you'd already played Zelda and beaten it because this is this came out at the end of August of 2017. Um, and I just remember when it when it leaked, I just rolled my eyes and was like, the last thing I need is like another hokey um, party game that's like meant for <laughs> parents to play with their toddlers. Yeah, and and speaking of parents playing with toddlers, you know, you, you parents that are annoyed by the minions now we've gamers were annoyed by the rabbits back then because if the skit wasn't any any indication they're basically the same characters uh, agreed and i can't i um yeah i have no tolerance for uh, minions i have no tolerance for um the rabbits so yeah th- i think i i'm pretty much i'm pretty sure i picked this game up out of desperation because i was like hey it's an rpg and the fact that it was a mario rpg um i was willing to overlook the fact that the rabbits were even in it uh, I was disappointed when you couldn't make a team that did not have a rabbit in it. I still, that's a sore, a sore spot of mine. And carrying forward to the sequel, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, because it makes sense. Because otherwise, it's just a Mario game with like you know possible rabbits around. I just, I don't even like to look at them. You guys, like, I have, I have it open on my <laughs> Switch right now, and it's like team selection, and it's like, you know, there's just some. It's just, it's. I just, yeah. I'm never. Uh, I am always disquieted when I see a rabbit and here I am talking about them for two hours with you guys on a Wednesday night. So, so you're saying this was Nintendo doing Ubisoft a solid favorite. Uh, it's, you know, it's like when you hear about like the creation of the game and like the reason that they like said, okay to it. Like, I love like the Genesis story of this game. Like the, you know, that they swung for the fences and they were like, you know, can we make this game? You know, we want to make it, uh, we want to do this. And, and Nintendo said, yes, like, I love the origin story of this game. I just am not crazy about like the actual execution of it. And do you really think that like the, the success of this game, like, like, um, ro- like raised the profile of Rabbids any more than they already were? I'm not sure. Um, yes. It's... I'm, I'm going to say yes. Cause, Cause they, I think they were pretty, people were pretty sick of them by the time this game came out. Yeah, I would even, I, I mean, maybe this is just me, but I would say, like, there were plenty of people who, like, maybe had never really played. What was the last time Rabbits were a thing? On the Wii? On the Wii. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. another huge. The, you know, the big the big motion control thing. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm not saying that they're popular now, but I think it probably raised their profile. I'm sure there's plenty of gamers have come along since the Wii who wouldn't have heard of or ever played Rabbits before, I guess I'll say. And and I would say they're probably more tolerable in this game be, because of all the Mario additions, because of the because of the sheer Nintendo-ness of it all. The rabbits are far more tolerable than if it was just rabbits. That's a really good yes. point. <laughs> uh, 2013, it looks like the, the games were coming out on the clip between 2006 and 2012-13. And then, yeah, the, the very next entry was Mario Rabbids. So you're totally right then it looks like it was a um they were doing them a solid and it's almost like a, a comeback for the series and what a comeback it was yeah though <laughs> interestingly enough in my research for the show i found a rabbits programming game that matt's going to be having installed on his uh students ipads since that's exactly what he teaches in his class Ooh, that's oh, awesome. yeah that looks that awesome kind of fun actually <laughs> i'm always looking and look it's all free too it's just like hey Ubisoft put it out just because people should learn about coding. So here's 35 levels with rabbits. 
Uh, and me, I'm like, hey, there's a great app to have on the phone when kids are done with their other work. You can play this one. Yeah, because it's more coding. Uh, You'll find that suddenly their work starts taking twice as long as it ever did. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't make me play the rabbits again. No, anything but that. He'll just sit there and uh, go, see kids, you like the minions? These were the original minions. <laughs> minions minus bananas. Pretty much, though, I, I'm genuinely surprised Ubisoft didn't sue uh, Ill- Ill- Illumination. <laughs> Stand there, close. But um, Minions and Rabbits talk aside, I think we're going to take a brief musical interlude. And this panel sounds like they're chomping in the bit to talk about Rabbits and Mario. Mostly Mario. Mostly Mario. <laughs> so we'll uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Back to RPG Backtrack, where we are breaking down Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Came out on August 29th, 2017. Um, that first year that the Switch came out when releases were kind of few and far between. So I imagine a lot of people played this just because they wanted something else to play besides Breath of the Wild for the 20th time. Or in my case, I barely, I haven't even finished the Switch version of Breath of the Wild. So, so yeah, well... Tell me about Mario vs. Rabbids, because I, I played a little bit of it over my vacation most recently, but I only got to, like, World 1-5 and then booted up something else and then never went back. And I'm, I plan on finishing it because it looks like a really fun game, but, you know, just watch out for the spoilers. I don't want to know if Rabbid Peach dies. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe I should know. She's euthanized. I'm afraid that Rabbid Aerith dies. Sorry. <laughs> no! So I think the um, my impressions of the game at first was that they really they did nail it out of the park. Like if you had played any of the XCOM XCOM games, you have an idea of like what you'll be looking for. Um, it's just uh, graphically, it was really beautiful. Like the colors were popping. They nailed that sort of like Mario Rabbids like hybrid aesthetic. Um, and the music was great. It's it's like it sounds on paper like this is something like you see it, you're like I don't want this. You hear yes. it, you're like, I certainly Sounds don't want like this. The worst idea ever. <laughs> yeah. And then you get it, really it and you start playing it. I remember watching the opening, like you see like that opening skit where it's like it looks like a Disney Pixar film involving like basically the rabbits and Mario. And then it's like I, I don't I I can hardly remember, but like I just remember sitting there being like, Okay, here I am. And then you play through the first few battles and you're like, Holy crap, this game works. And then you play the whole thing, and you're like, all right, sold. Yeah, because, I mean, I've been allergic to XCOM-type games for a while now, just because I've heard that they are so difficult. And when Josh said that this was pretty much ba- Baby's first XCOM, I was like, oh, this actually sounds interesting, because, you know, they're not going to kill off Mario in a game like this. Yeah, there's no permadeath. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that's a start. And then I also read that they had uh, simplified a lot of the cover stuff where there's only 0%, 50%, and 100% as far as how when you're going to hit the enemy, which, you know, is a great way to introduce people to that mechanic. 
Exactly. That's kind of the the problem, I guess you could say, for XCOM is that trying to understand exactly what your hit percentages are going to be is kind of an an effort in trial and error. Because like there'll there'll be those times like probably even if you've never played XCOM, you've seen like some screenshot of someone standing right next to the alien and the hit percent chance is like you know twenty five percent. So you never have that kind of thing here in Mario Rabbids because it is simplified. If you flank someone, if you get around them where there's no cover, like you have a hundred percent chance to hit. And then you know like if they're behind these like like half wall size blocks, everything it's Mario, so everything's blocks. So if it's a half height block wall, then you know you have a fifty percent chance to hit. And then if you're completely behind cover, you you know you completely can't be hit. So you actually know, you know, it becomes predictable both where you put your characters, where you leave them at the end of turns, and also for the enemies. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what you just described about XCOM that was definitely XCOM two in a nutshell, from what I remember. Um, one was like the original was difficult, or the, you know the the re release on the um, was it the PS3? PS3 and 360. Um, yeah, yeah. Like those, you know, those those had their challenges, but I I think the second one was far harder. And then, you know, so here comes Mario versus Rabbids, but or sorry, not versus. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> already that's a different game. Um, anyway, so yeah, it's it's simplified and it's you know the I I think overall the challenge is definitely far less. Like to me, that's. <laughs> That's maybe the only thing about the game, though, that kind of um, makes it like it's a, it's a, it's a minus point. Like in retrospect, um, I, I I don't think I could like get into it a second time because the like the the I guess the relative ease uh, makes it feel maybe just a little bit more grindy than what I want to spend on it. Like I liked it fine the first time. Mm-hmm. But it, it it lacks that. Um, well, th- this is what XCOM had. Like it has that like that more intense atmosphere that I I could definitely get into a second or third time. And this one doesn't have that. Well, you know, for obvious reasons, it being Mario Nintendo, you know, it would feel a little out of place. Yeah, it is a little like like I said. I think that's why I described it to Kelly as like baby's first XCOM game. Like it is a good introduction. Yeah. I think it's I think it's got enough challenge to be fun, and it does interesting new things in terms of the the combat. Like like I said, you know, like instead of like XCOM where you have a four person party, this one only has like a three person party, and one of them has to be Mario. So you're a little bit limited on how you build your party. But then they've added a lot of focus on movement into the game. Like they, you can do dash attacks. So you, when you uh, start a turn and you actually pick a character and you, you know, like you're as before you go through like actually picking out, de- deciding who you're going to attack and shoot. You can move your character around, and as of course, you know, like in XCOM, it's usually always that that decision. Like, basically, whenever you move in XCOM, you lose the ability a lot of times to shoot. Like, you end up having to decide, you know, like, that's always true with the snipers. So you end up having to decide, like, okay, do I want to move or do I want to attack and shoot? And then this one, they they integrated it so that you could do, like, slide attacks, dash attacks, where by moving, you actually get to do an attack itself. And it, it added a lot of fun and, you know, thoughtful... Um, you know, it was, a, it was a very interesting mechanic where you're like not only thinking about like where I need to go to get into cover, but it's also like how can I run my character around 
the map in different ways to attack and get you know get, get that extra attack in against all the enemies as well yeah movement there, there's um there's a lot of movement range the characters have because um in addition to so if you if you end your movement turn on the enemy you do the the slide attack uh, but if you end your movement turn on an ally space they do a like they kind of springboard off each other and your ally gives you a boost to basically give you like a second movement turn i guess in a way it gives you extended range to your movement by jump by by propelling you like further than you would have gotten on your own mm-hmm. and you can use that to like get up to higher areas is yeah like it was a really neat idea mm-hmm. you, you can literally run out of cover attack via slide then jump back into cover and still have your um your your basic attack available to you and uh, Mario, if, after some time, I think, Kelly, I think this might be like past the point where you are, but somewhere within the first, um, within the first, I don't know, chapter, I guess, like um, Mario does get the ability to have kind of like an Overwatch uh, ability. It's what they called it in XCOM. I forget what they called it in this game. Hero Sight. Hero Sight. So where he gets a an opportunity strike if, a, if an enemy moves, which means he can actually have up to like three attacks on his turn um and and not sacrifice any movement so you know there's a lot of um like little bonuses like that they that they definitely like thoughtfully put in yeah what what i really liked is when you get farther in the game too you get what you get upgrades so you can get a slide through additional enemies and like bounce off additional uh other characters so you can be like sliding and bouncing all over the place before you even just like sit and cover to fire your weapon it's it's pretty cool yeah you're talking about the skill trees when they open up yes yeah. yes Once and you get every character those skill trees things get pretty cool right and every every character has three distinct skill trees all unique from each other um there's so there's a lot of uh versatility in the in the roster how many i forget exactly how many characters you get by the end of the game it's it's not a small number. It's uh, it's got to be like seven, seven or eight or so. Eight? Yeah, yeah, that's what I I'm think thinking. I think it's eight. It's uh, Mario, Luigi, Peach, Yoshi, and then rabid versions of all those. Mm-hmm. And everybody is customizable with their with their skill tree move sets. I mean, so yeah, this it's. I was debating earlier if if I'm willing to call this like deep like a deep strategy RPG, and I guess that part of it is. Um, they kind of lose me a little bit on, like, the weapon selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess we can talk about that separately after. But um, but so just based on, like, unlockable skills and stuff like that and and, and party makeup there, because every, every character also has, um, even apart from the skill tree, everybody has a unique, like, secondary ability and uh, a unique secondary weapon. Like, Mario gets a melee at, uh, weapon at some point. Um, and I, I don't remember what they all are, but uh, Luigi's um, I think is the coolest because did, didn't he have like the remote controlled like explode? Mm-hmm. Maybe a few characters had like remote controlled little explosives. Yeah, I, I just cool. remember that Luigi's base uh, base weapon. He's the sniper. Like yep. he has. Um, is is that a play on his Luigi's Mansion thing? I, it I it think looks so. like a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. But it propels stuff out. So he's the sniper yeah. of the team. It's pretty funny. I do, by the way, I kind of dislike the fact that Luigi's Mansion has painted Luigi as the, like, the wimpy brother. <laughs> so now that's, when he shows up, when he finally becomes unlocked in this game, not only do they dog on him a little bit for, like, basically playing second fiddle, but um, 
even I think his like his character description uh, says something about the, along the line because he's a sniper. They say uh, send him to the back, way to the back, or I don't know something like that, um, <laughs> indicating he wants to be nowhere near like anything that has to do with battle. And I I don't like that. Like back in back back in the day, he and Mario were like equals in this. Well, how is he the? Uh, See, he I the always I always felt like Mario had been painted as kind of the wimp from since um, two, Mar- either Mario two or Mario World, because uh, I'm remembering some of the books that I had when I was a kid. But that was also the '80s, so I don't know. The uh, Luigi's um, bio in the game says a master of long range attacks due to his familiarity with nozzle based weaponry. So there's the reference to mm-hmm. um, the Luigi's Mansion. But then here's what you're talking about, Pascal. Uh, Luigi has bravely led many quote fighting retreats and quote thanks to his advanced <laughs> mobility. <laughs> fighting retreats. I always think of him. I always think of him like. Um, it's like the way that they've kind of like exaggerated his movement, like the way that when Luigi will, will like jump, it's like the way he flutters, you know, like yeah. I think of like Luigi like running away like a Scooby-Doo cartoon where it's like you see <laughs> yeah. like his legs running in, like in, in slow uh, in, in well, place and then all of a sudden he just takes off. Thanks, uh, Doki Doki Panic, Mario 2. Right. That's what I think, oh. right? Like, I mean, that would be. I'm sorry. I was thinking Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Wait. You're going to think that for a completely different reason. Oh, completely different game there, bud. And no spoilers. Oh, yeah. I plan on buying it when it comes out next week. Like the physical edition is about to release. So. Oh, cool. Um, so before, you know, we, we was doing the intro and stuff, Paul, you were talking about the kind of the story behind how this game got started or the development story. Um, do you have more about that? Yeah, okay, so um, the one of the creative directors from um, Ubisoft, I think it was like, I think uh, there, it's like Ubisoft France and Ubisoft Milan uh, are involved in like, the, the development of the game. So one of them, the creators was like a big Mario fan. He had met Mario before, um, and um, another Ubisoft executive was thinking, you know, I want to know, like they want to, what are we going to do about Rabbit? So eventually they came to Nintendo, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, but they came to Nintendo and they were like, we want to make a mario uh like we want to make a mario tactical role-playing game you know and they were trying to make a demo or not like a not a demo but like a presentation and they presented it to him and they said to um miyamoto who was the president of nintendo and the creator at the uh the creator of the mario franchise and he, you know he was surprisingly down and he was like you know i just want to make sure that the mario his biggest concern was like giving the mario characters weapons and uh so as you can see in the game like the mario characters they all have like these really kind of like cutesy um versions of what would otherwise be like some bitchin weapons and like other tactical role-playing games um and then one of them is uh, a like a rocket launcher it yeah (laughs) oh yeah it's not like dressed up to look like anything different (laughs) um but you know it's like it's just cute like it's in highlighter yellow you know like just some of the colors i think um and and one of the things in the development of the game that they talked about was like just how surprisingly game nintendo was and like they would go to nintendo with like some of the more off the off the wall ideas expecting them to be rejected and nintendo was like no absolutely go ahead and do it um and so yeah like we had talked about it just like the creation of the game the origin story of the game is is to me more exciting than the actual game itself. I still remember that E3 when uh, they announced it and uh, Miyamoto showed up at the Ubisoft yeah. press conference, and you could just see how 
like jazzed all the Ubisoft people were to be working with Miyamoto. When uh, yeah, when yeah. He was when they were shooting each other with like their little Nerf mini blasters or something on stage, or it, it wasn't like Nerf, but they had like um like replicas of the arm cannons from from the game. Well, wasn't one of the one of the Ubisoft employees like moved to tears that Miyamoto was excited uh, was, about their game? That was Eve Jumeau, uh, the the president. I think he was crying, wasn't he? I think so. I believe so. Or, or you may be right. It was definitely one of them. It was the director of the game. Okay, yeah, that's I forget true. his name. I just think, um, you know, when we we talk about like these crossovers, I just don't think that like they've been like we've seen a lot of like really successful ones, like um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Like I don't find that to be a successful crossover between the two series, like two like really successful series. And somehow this game is a magnificent crossover <laughs> between one of the most. Uh, beloved video game franchises of all times and then like this other franchise that like I could really not even care about. I don't care about. It's most most people look, don't even know about it. Look, it's not but you're alluding to it's a crossover between Mario and Rabbits when it really is just a crossover between Mario and XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. That's all it, that's what I it mean, is. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I guess like I liked Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but I'm weird. Well, I did too, but I liked it as like um, a Shin Megami Tensei spinoff, you know, as yeah. like with uh, with like a drop of blood from Fire Emblem. <laughs> like just enough Fire Emblem. Yeah, it was like with the threat of Fire Emblem attached, you know, but there was no way that, um, you know, so like, I, and even like the Japanese, like, you know, the idol, like every like. I was down and like the game played like it was a great game like played well the music was great I loved it um you know I wish I could get it on sale for the switch but um I just didn't think that like you know it was basically hyped up as like SMTXFE like I think for the years coming up to it and then you got it and you were like oh yeah, oh, yeah wait a minute yeah I this is I'd like, like Persona clone yeah I like that game a lot but you're right it's not at all <laughs> <laughs> a, a good crossover. Basically, as a persona with Fire Emblem uh, characters. Yeah, that game is weird. <laughs> so, Pers- was Nintendo like? Uh, I'm sorry, I can't say anything about Persona. So, <laughs> finish yeah. your thoughts first. So, um, I don't want to derail you. I, I don't want to keep us here all night, guys. But tell me, tell me about the story. <laughs> the what? The what now? Does the game have a have a story, or is it just you know fighting? Yeah, there's mayhem? a uh, there's a I, story. I can tell you the story. Tell us all, because uh, I don't think we know. A young girl, yeah, 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 creator has a machine that can combine things. Uh, goes to have lunch or something, and the rabbits randomly show up in a washing machine. <laughs> As you Wash, do, <laughs> a washing machine, time machine, or something. Start playing with the thing. Uh, all havoc ensues, and they com- combines like I don't know. I well, wasn't there like a Super yeah. Mario poster on the wall? Yeah, that, Super that Mario shot? poster yeah. or something, and they end up warping to uh, the Mushroom Kingdom and start combining things, and all sorts of weird things start to happen. And bada bing, bada boom, you have rabid versions of lots of different Mario things, and they're messing everything up. So this means. So first of all, that means that um. The the rabbits exist in the real world because like this girl in her in her basement she's definitely a Nintendo fan she has a um her rug is like a D pad um there's question question mark block like cubes sitting in her room like 
chairs or decorative decorative i don't know uh, and like you said she posters. furnished her house at gamestop is what you're saying she furnished yeah, her room she, at GameStop. Right. <laughs> no yeah um so that means the rabbits exist in the real world then and then they go from there into <laughs> the mushroom kingdom and i just rewatched it earlier today and i still don't really understand um like why some of them are suddenly luigi and peach because it's supposed to fuse two things like um the super merge to... helmet it's because the super merge helmet yeah yeah, yeah, no, no, I get right. Um, I'm trying to think of a concrete example of the, oh, right. So one of the rabbits gets merged with I, I, I think it's a a paintbrush or like a broom or something, and he ends up like the the bristles on the brush become his like mohawk. Like he ends up being a rabbit that kind of resembles a brush, I guess in in a way. I don't know why there's suddenly a Luigi um rabbit. Right, because I, well, I think no because Luigi. they get merged. I think that oh, like all this, the the, Nin, the Nintendo stuff, like the Nintendo okay. memorabilia that's in the room, is getting uh. merged with the rabbits because of like the time space altering mechanics of the quote unquote super merge helmet that the rabbit yeah. is now I merged also, with. I also think you're asking more questions about it oh, than well. the story writers did. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. I hate this that, game. That <laughs> Um, right. Okay. So, and so, so the rabbit that ends up with this, um, the, the merging helmet, like fused to his head, he becomes what, like, quote unquote, kind of the villain of the game, I guess. Well, well kind of, cause Bowser Jr. Kidnaps mm. him to like use him for nefarious means. And then you're trying to like get the super merge back to, yeah. you know, fix everything basically. And meanwhile, rabbits are just like run amok over the mushroom kingdom and i guess that's that's the game yeah so you you take them you take them down as you try to follow um their leader quote unquote yeah is there like a twist at the end is there like a reveal something worthwhile i don't know that's right yet no you you get to fight bowser yeah. He's been transformed. I don't remember what he was yeah. transformed into, but I just Mega really Dragon that. Bowser, one word, yeah. three okay. capital letters. Mega <laughs> Dragon Bowser. But along the way is just all this tasty Mario goodness. Like this is what I really remember about the game. Just like the exploration of the Mushroom Kingdom and how beautiful it is. And yeah. that that's kind of the weird thing about that game that strangely kind of worked is not just that you had you know like you think XCOM you think like okay I'm going to have this little discrete map that I'm going to fight my way across but that wasn't you had that in this game but actually they created it so that okay you finish this map well now you've got some exploration to do you just keep going it was this weird idea of like integrating all the maps together into the I love one that. exploration world. It mm-hmm. was kind of it was weird and neat. Yeah. It reminded me of being like in the overworld of like one of the more modern Mario like 3D games where it's like you could run around the map but you still have to go to like the the node to like start the level. It mm-hmm. reminded me of that. And um I, I just yeah, like aesthetically the game is just beautiful. There's oh, lots yeah, of totally. little jokes everywhere in the little maps too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. Yeah. To- toilets what? everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what, what little I played, I was amused by all the jokes going around. Like I, you hear the slapping noise, and I, I go to where it's coming from, and these two rappers are just slapping the crap out of each other. And the Roomba um, oh, robot, right. whose name I'm blanking on right now, Beepo. Beepo. 
people are just like, uh, okay, that that's not a fun thing to do. I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he had a comment about it that was just like, yeah, my thoughts exactly, Bebo. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so just this, seeing all the mayhem. And that's what kind of why I think um, this game, like you were asking earlier, like slightly actually elevates rabbits because they're, I mean, on their own, they're annoying, but in the context of like where they are and what they're doing and and just the way they're just relegated to like background stuff like you mm-hmm. you can look at them for a moment and then move on with your life they're you know they're kind of innocuous like they're humorous maybe at times and then that's that's like about the worst it is so um that was probably the, the right way to use them if you have to have them in the game i'm guessing you know ubisoft was like nope we're not budging on that they're gonna they have to be because it would have worked without the rabbits and yeah, you could have done this game totally with just Mario and friends. You could have, but I really think it just has like the right amount of rabbits and goofiness. <laughs> the right amount of rabbits. The right amount of rabbits, yes. <laughs> and, Man, I hate the noise they make. And uh, I really like Rabbit Peach. I thought she was hilarious. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I did like the character traits of the rabbit versions of the Mario characters because it did feel yeah. like they were... Um, funny inversions of like the actual character traits that they represent themselves. Like Peach is so she's like this huge narcissist and she's obsessed with taking selfies, which the fact that a Peach character in a Mario game is taking selfies anyway, it's funny in and of itself. Uh, so I like, I, you know, like from, from that end, like the humor is like really spot on. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. The, uh, like the, the boss fights too. Yeah. The way they did was- boss fights. So I was about to mention, um, yeah, based on like the humor with with the boss fights, um, what I when I was like looking up stuff for it again to help me help me remember uh, the first, I think, mini boss, maybe is some I don't think this is a Mario thing It's some kind of sunflower. And um, I think he says stuff like, if you help me, I'll reward you. And then when you finally, oh, I'm sorry, he's not a boss. He's just like, you have to do something for him and he rewards you. And he spits out like a single gold coin. And <laughs> it pans like across like all three of their, like uh, Mario, uh, Rabbit, Luigi. And, and then it gets to Rabbit Peach. And you could just tell she's not having it. And then close up to the sunflower and she, it's just getting pelted with like everything in the vicinity. You know, like, you just, no peach is like <laughs> throwing a fit because it that's you know that's not what she was promised and um so yeah the i i watched all the way up until the first like big boss with the uh donkey kong um uh merged rabbit mm-hmm. and that's hilarious uh mm-hmm. so um so it's a big it's a giant rabbit in the shape of Donkey Kong. And he, has, he has a tie and everything. And he just um, he just kind of stands at the edge of the arena and sends out shockwaves while you, like, deal with, like, the little minions in the arena. And then the way you take him down – oh, so and he, has a, he has a pile of bananas in front of him. And the way you take him down is you push a button um, and, like, you, 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 you press on a, um, a button switch and it opens a grate under the bananas and they, like, go tumbling down the mountain or whatever – um, and when you do, he loses his shit. He stands there and he starts clawing at the at the grates trying to get them open. And he's screaming and jumping around and pulling his ears to the side of his head. And it is hilarious to watch. And you have to do this like three times before you finally before he finally dies. And and when he does, um, they kind of do a scene from like they kind of do King Kong where he um so since this is in the mushroom kingdom like there's no logic to any of this it's just like a stack of like oversized building blocks 
at the edge of the arena, like like babies building blocks. And he he climbs up to the top like he's climbing to the top of the uh, what is it the um, the Empire, Empire State, State Building, building yeah. And Peach comes over, Rabbit Peach comes over, and there's one, like, precariously balanced block at the very bottom that this whole thing is, like, teetering on. And she does that thing where she's kind of whistling, looking over, <laughs> looking away from it, and then her hand slowly moves up to it, and she starts, like, pushing at that one block to topple it all over, and Mario's like, no, 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 don't. <laughs> He's trying to stop her, and she does it anyway. And then as um as uh, Rabbit Kong tumbles into the abyss she takes out her phone and she takes like a row of selfies and in each selfie he's further and further and further <laughs> in the background as he's like falling to well it's not his death you know whatever whatever waits down there for in in, in mushroom kingdom it's hilarious she's your typical like teenage girl except she's not even a girl like they make it very clear that's a that's a boy rabbit yeah. I think at one at one point, um, I think the actual Princess Peach calls him a she, and uh, they make it very clear, uh, no, he just takes his cosplay very seriously. <laughs> Good for him. I love some of the humor. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to need to play more of this at some point. Yeah, I don't think it, it, it do, sounds though. like it's a laugh riot. <clears throat> It, it is it's like it is a laugh ride but i feel like you could just i feel like there's like a super or like a master cut of all the funny jokes on youtube you could probably watch that and then you could play xcom and still the same so that mm. would work it like i kind mm. of agree as far as like the i said this earlier like the combat at some point loses a little bit for me mm-hmm. but but if you only watch the super cut of like the funny stuff you lose out on all the like the little secrets yeah, because there's... There's lots yep. of little touches everywhere in this game. Yep. You can um, you can go back through. So as you go, as you finish each chapter, you you unlock um, like mm, like exploration abilities, I guess I, I'll call it. Like the first one you get is um, your little Beepo, your little thing that you control, the Roomba. He's he, uh, he's suddenly able to move blocks. And then you remember, oh, like along the way, there was multiple places where there were like obvious blocks that were waiting to be pushed, but you couldn't do it. So then you have the choice of like moving on to world two or going back through world one. And I think all the maps are clear. Um, and like, I don't think they repopulate, like you can actually walk through them. I think some of them get like little puzzle challenges. Uh, put in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's right. But you can also just take like an hour away from gameplay and just go back and, unlock secret stuff you know and work on like the like the soundtrack library that you can unlock tracks in or the uh, the gallery and you know there's all kinds of like little unlockables but it's just it's just fun for the sake of going through and it's got a you know i don't want to call it, the game is obviously not a metroidvania but it's that idea of backtracking is like rewarded with little things you know mm-hmm. and and i certainly had fun running around in the in the overworld exploring and seeing what cannons i could hit to shoot me off to get more coins or what have you and i i appreciate when games give you a reason to explore even if it's just a tactical game yeah and just to look it's so gorgeous mm-hmm. oh well, i've forgotten how nice it looks just watching it today it's like oh man this was um between this so i my switch i didn't buy it until you know had been out for like maybe I don't know, two months or three months, whenever, whenever this game, this game was out. And I bought this as one of my launch games, along with uh, Wind Waker. Uh, what? Wait, wait, <laughs> not that. Breath of the Wild. One. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but I played uh, I played Mario and Rabbids first, so it was the first Switch game I actually played. And so, and I wonder if that's why it was Nintendo like open to like mm, you know having their characters be used because they wanted like this is kind of like almost a launch game for the Switch. I don't remember I don't what the Mario Odyssey release date was. It was December the that year. So which one came first? The this came first. Oh, okay. So I mean. I wonder. I wonder if that's like part of the reason why, because they were like, "Oh, that way we have a Mario game out." Well, well, and this is just coming off the Wii U, where uh, third-party relations for Nintendo had kind of dropped to an all-time low. So that was probably part of the impetus for like going in whole hog on this sort of a, uh, you know, like a collaboration with Ubisoft. I think that the Mario Mario Odyssey was closer to this because this was at the end of August. Mario Odyssey had to have been out by mid November. Was it November? I know it was winter or near winter. Um, I remember playing it like right before, like the day before my daughter was born. So it had to have been like in like the uh, first couple weeks of November. I don't even know. I'm. Wikipedia or the internet says October twenty seventh, twenty seventeen. I mean that's a that's a pretty good gap though when you have your new system sitting there and you know it's several months before the like the real Mario game comes out. So it was like an app. It was like um an appetizer. Because what was what was the the must buy game? It has to be Breath of the Wild and nothing else, right? It was Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that that. That first summer was pretty bleak when it came to releases because I got my Switch in May that year and I think I played Breath of the Wild and Puyo Puyo Tetris on it until Stardew Valley came out. Yep. Call call back the last show. And that Stardew Valley was all I played until I think Christmas rolled around when I got Xenoblade 2. Mm-hmm. Plus, I feel like Nintendo had so much to prove because the Wii U, which I'm like looking at right now, sitting on my entertainment console, um, I love. You know, it just wasn't a huge success, and so I feel like they had some, mm-hmm. they really had a lot to prove, and they had the six month gap between like system sellers, and um, this was just like a really, I think this was a way for them to show that they were not going to be repeating the same mistakes that you know had plagued the wii u and then when an when an actual mario game did come out and i i liked odyssey quite a lot but i mean talk about like still being so different you know oh yeah remember the the 2d zone that they would have in like the middle of one of those right um, yeah, a little on the wall section. Yeah, I mean the Switch, the the first party titles on the Switch have just been, in my opinion, like they've been really like master classes in showing how you can be innovative while maintaining the spirit mm-hmm. of the franchises. Yeah. And they definitely treated their properties like pretty well over those first few months. Then, yeah, that's why it's like Nintendo really. I, will always have a lot of goodwill um, with uh, with Nintendo, even when they some of their business practices might bother me. But at the end of the day, it's like they really have uh, kept that childlike spirit uh, for myself as a gamer, for someone who grew up playing a Nintendo. So here I am playing a Nintendo system 30 years later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've... Ever since the Game Boy Advance, I've always kept a Nintendo Portable around just to have something to play. Oh, and yeah. the, the Switch is no exception. I, I take my Switch everywhere around the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if we don't count like the DS, the Switch was the first Nintendo console I played since the GameCube, and I barely played that. Oh, wow. So, so like that, those three, the two Marios and the Zelda, like that was a great start. Oh, no, that first year was uh, ridiculous. Like, I can't think of a, a first year for a console with uh, that anything approaching that lineup. 
Are you saying this in a good or bad way? In a good way. In a good no, no, no. In a good way. Yeah. Like you remember also that this was the year where other consoles were hitting it out of the park too. Like that was, I think, one of oh, the yeah. strongest years we had. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Persona Horizon five, Zero Dawn, per, Persona mm-hmm. Five, and and Zelda right up there with it, right? And yeah. I mean, we didn't cover obviously, you know, Mario games, but yeah. I just think the uh, the um, just playing Breath of the Wild for the first time, like handheld, and like being able to just and I, you know, the the Switch commercials and those like showing you someone playing in their bed and then popping it in there in the uh, dock and like just resuming immediately, and like that was mind blowing in 2016. And um, it's that first year for the Switch, though. Yeah, it was like feast or famine because they had either like a really great first party title or nothing in between. Um, and in this uh, Rabbids Mario game was just like um, a really great way to show off what the Switch was capable of while also just kind of letting you know, like, yeah, okay, the big games are coming. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if part of it was just a lot of third parties probably wanted to wait and see after the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> EA well, has they, abandoned completely. Yeah. They all saw because I mean, Capcom is usually you know f- good with Nintendo, and it took a while for big Capcom titles to start showing up. So oh, yeah. and now the what wasn't the last Monster Hunter like exclusive? Yes, yep. they've come around. Indeed. Oh, um, I I had a lot of fun with the combat in in this game from what what I played, and what got to me is the movement yes. that you could do. Yes. Uh, which kind of threw me for a loop because you know a lot of tactical RPGs don't really incorporate that kind of movement, and when when they did the tutorial, where it's like okay, you can do a dash move, and then you can swing around, and then spring off of another character to fly halfway across the map. And I was having a blast doing that until I realized that, yeah, the rabbits, the enemies could do this, the same dash move if you get too close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to dial it back. And one of, one of the first spots where they kind of add, added height to the level just got my little tactical frame, brain flowing where it's, it's like, okay, if I get right here, I can flank one, but then that one's going to get close to me. And did those levels get even more complicated as the game goes on? Yes, and you get more movement. Oh. Like, at first you can only slide through, like, one enemy, and you know, some characters eventually can slide through multiple, and one of them gets, like, a lifesteal effect to sliding through um, enemies, and there's just lots lots of cool things you can do as you get further in the game. Uh, to to the point where I was almost disappointed when the game ended, and I wanted like I wanted like more like more more game just to mess around more with some of the the abilities you get later on. Yeah, that was kind of the cool thing was it, it was a double edged sword because they actually did space out both the abilities that you were getting and the characters all the way through the game. So right up to the very end of the game, you're still getting new characters and new abilities. But at the same time, like you get Yoshi, I don't know what it was, just a handful of missions before the end of the game. So if you're looking forward to playing Yoshi, you don't get him until you get like three missions and then like up into the game. Yeah, it's it's a little sad. I was honestly (laughs) kind of disappointed with the DLC, even though I think it's on the one hand, it's really cool, but on the other hand, I was disappointed that it was like its own separate thing instead of continuing on. Yeah, yeah, using like all your maxed out characters and everything. Um, but you know, we'll see. I'm hoping I have high hopes for the sequel, so we'll see what they do. When you clear, um, when you clear a chapter, also your team grows. I think you get like more health and stuff. Like like you get like other upgrades in addition to the stuff that you can unlock yourself. 
um, the you do always you do also um unlock new weaponry all the time. Like it's I don't okay maybe this is just in the first chapter. I don't I think it kind of continues on like this though. It feels like every maybe ten minutes you're opening a chest that gives you a new weapon for somebody, and all the weapons are character specific. So um, there, Mario has like I don't know. 10, you know, 10 different arm cannons or whatever the number is that you have to find. And after you find one, it's unlocked in the shop, which means you still have to purchase it. And so same thing for every other character. Um, but but gold is um, pooled collectively. So you're going to really have to gather gold a lot to spend um, to, you know, to buy your weapon upgrades. And that's one of the things I don't really like about the game is the... Um, just the the different because when you when you buy a new weapon so right from the from the get-go like by the time you get to the store the first time you probably already have like three or four different weapons unlocked that you can look at but only enough gold to like buy one of them so now you're looking at well this weapon i don't know adds like a fire effect to my shot or this weapon uh boosts like hit percent by 10 you know i'm just making it up but some something like that and every weapon just kind of has like a drawback and a um, and a benefit, I guess, in a way. And that's not my favorite system where you're even like later in the game, you're just switching to a different weapon to boost like some random stat that it has. Um, I don't know. I, it just I don't, it wasn't like very engaging to me to have to buy all these weapons and then pick one just for like a minor increase in whatever it has. <laughs> no, I don't know where my sentence is going. I'm sorry. <laughs> there were weapons that I never, ever even used. I looked at them and like, mm. oh, they were cute. And then I, it was overwhelming. And like, I know that uh, and I know I think, um, Michael, you had said something about um like wanting the game to not end. I, I got to the end of the game and I was like, I'm so glad this is over. Just because <laughs> I felt I felt overwhelmed at the at the end. It's like the mechanics, it's like they kept on coming. It's like it felt like I was like in advanced algebra and I was like, okay. I got to the end and I was like, God bless. So I love advanced algebra though. <laughs> not me. So did anybody even try the amiibo weapons? There were amiibo nope. weapons? I there don't remember this. I know yeah. I was, that was in my head I was like, I'm not gonna say that out loud. <laughs> okay. Um, there's like an amiibo store or something where you can scan them in. I know I don't own amiibo, so I don't <laughs> it wasn't either. for me. Okay, I, oh, I was I curious. Own I own a pink Yoshi that my daughter bought, but I am um, I generally just like I like the I think I like the idea of amiibos like as collectibles. I don't like the idea of amiibos as like conferring some sort of in-game benefit, and I super don't like um, amiibos as the idea of like conferring some sort of quality of life upgrade in a sixty-dollar port of a thirteen-year uh, what twelve-year-old game throwing shade at. A, a little salty about the loft wing there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who cares oh, yeah. about that? That's nothing. <laughs> Come on. I, it's nothing. Uh, full, full, expo- full exposure. I have a ton of amiibo, but not necessarily because of the bon- bonuses, because I a lot of the characters I have, like um, Joker and Dragon Quest here, are toys of characters that they never make. And I will certainly cut a bitch when they come out with the Sephiroth amiibo. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And, oh, and cut, been... a, cut a bitch. Okay. I thought you said cut and bitch. No. Cut a bitch, as in straight up stab somebody. <laughs> like you, you're going to be first in line. I got it. <laughs> But I'm curious why you don't think it's a big deal, though, that like um like a fast travel like to me, fast travel is a quality of life mechanic that should be included if you're developing it. It should be included in um in the, in a remaster. It's not like, oh, this amiibo is going to give you some extra health. 
because there's st- there's already statues everywhere that do that. It's not saving you really any <clears throat> much, any time at all. I what mean, I haven't unlocked uh, Sky, I mean, Skyward it, Sword. It'd be nice. Oh. It 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 should be unlocked. For, I'm not saying it shouldn't be unlocked for everything. I'm just saying it's incredibly like incidental. It's really not a big deal. There's there's much bigger ones to complain about. <laughs> Well, I, I guess my only gripe with that sort of thing is that the Nintendo does not provide any other way to get it other than the Amiibo. Yeah, and they've I, done this I'm a bunch gonna, of times, and it's I'm just not like, argue why that. can't you I'm... just give me even the couple of dollar DLC and let me have it that yeah. way? If I can't manage to find one of these physical little items that's sold out in stores, yeah, I, I'm not going to argue that at all. I'm just saying yeah. specifically the Skyward Sword thing is not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> J- it's Josh, really not. If if you I, oh wait you do have an iPhone crap I was gonna say if you have if you have an Android phone there are ways yeah um, she she says with her all cat town and uh, Animal Crossing through some more shady means um, <laughs> but but regardless so I mean it sounds like we have a lot of positive vibes over um, Kingdom Battle I mean despite the fact that Paul was kind of happy to want to end want it to end. Oh yeah, it's a happy. Great game. yeah. Like I won't, I won't. Um, it's not necessarily like for me, or like, but I enjoyed my time with it, and I would recommend it. And like, uh, you know, I will play the sequel. I just don't know if it's like a day one. Mm. Um, I think for me it was like I'm almost like where Paul was, but like I'm kind of in between. It was to me, it was like it ended at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, I I never regretted like that. It was still like that. There was more game left, but when it was over, I like I said earlier, I also don't think i can really go back and replay because i was pretty thorough with it and i got Mm -hmm. i did everything i wanted to the first time and i'm good no no i think what you're saying earlier about xcom is true like xcom is so difficult and deep that is a game you can go back to and play over and over again i don't know that this has that same sort of depth to it but it is still a very solid extremely polished game yeah and i i I would completely agree with that like it's not really a game designed to play over and over again you know maybe maybe go back to it someday if you really want but it's like it's a nice even though i wanted more at the end it still felt like a nice complete campaign yeah oh, how long you, was it that's like 40 hours 40 it's not super long did you say 40 that's long. 20 to 40 is what i said yeah okay that's way longer than i, I remember i don't feel like it was 40 but yeah. depending on how much you mess around like it yeah. could probably be 40 I think a lot of it might have depended on how long you grinded, because I remember when Chris said that he was playing this, he was kind of obsessed with perfect, getting the perfect score on all the levels. And Josh is like, no, don't worry about it. Yeah, I think that just gives you gold. Yeah, it just gives um, you more gold. Yeah, And you can generally find enough, especially as you get later in the game, if you're doing the exploration, you can still find plenty of gold that way, rather than like trying to get perfect on all the missions. That's what I figured, because as a completionist, that would drive me crazy. Like, oh, I've got to perfect all the levels. <laughs> At least that's so how does it? Across. This is because I don't remember, and it's okay. And I think backtrack. Are we still going with the rule of spoilers are okay? Oh yeah. yeah. So how does it end? I need to know for the sequel. Uh, it doesn't necessarily resolve anything. I want to say, like they beat they beat Bowser. They get the the guy that's merged with the the combiner thing. Yeah. But the rabbits are still in the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> like they don't get sent home or anything. 
And, and you find out that Beepo was actually the one helping you all along. He had, he was, he goes back in time using the time machine at the end of the game to give you the hints and help all the way through the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, but mean I mean, the, you know, you mean the emails that he constantly reads to you that he could have just made up on the spot, you know, regardless, without yeah. having to do any of the time traveling. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask because, like, like you pointed out earlier, uh, that would just be trying yeah, to don't th- don't put, don't think too hard about put it. More thought into it. <laughs> Again, you're trying to think more than the writers did. So relax. I need I need my time travel logic to make sense in my Mario and Rabbits game. <laughs> I mean, look, if, if if we try to apply that kind of logic, we'll be here all night. And I, I'm sure you guys want to get to the round table. I forgot that that was even happening. <laughs> oh, we always do the round table now. I was getting ready to say goodnight. No. <laughs> no. Well, I'll tell you okay. what, since, since Pascal's <laughs> eager to get out of here. <laughs> no, uh, we, we will take a quick musical interlude and then we will be back with the round table where we talk about our favorite bits about the game, your favorite music, your favorite characters, your favorite moments. All that fun stuff, so stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where now we get into the personal part of the show. The roundtable, where we just go around, let everybody talk about their favorite moments, favorite songs, favorite characters, etc. Kind of gives everybody to get a, get a chance to get a personal touch to the game. So, it seemed like there were some pretty hilarious moments throughout this entire game. So, did you guys have a favorite moment or a funniest moment? Something that made you laugh like an idiot? <laughs> so, so one of these recurring things that comes up is Toadette keeps like showing up throughout the game, and uh, like on all these missions, I can't remember what she was carrying, like a chest or something like that. And it basically all of them turn into escort missions. And so by the second time this happens, like Beepo is just like not having it. He's like, oh, no, not you again. We are not doing this thing again for you. We've got other crap to do. We're not doing we're not escorting you through. And then Mario's like, well, but we kind of got to. And like, oh, man, do we really have to do this escort mission? And just love that the main character, you know, like loathe escort missions just as much as, you know, all all us gamers do. And he knows his audience. <laughs> do you end up having to do a lot of escort messengers? It just two. I, I know there were at least two. I think that I think it, I think she shows up like two or three different times. You have yeah, to do it's these not little. A lot. No, it wasn't a ton, but it was just like it, the the second time it happens, and he just like loses his shit over having to do another escort mission. I just love that. 
That is brilliant. I've probably already pretty much answered this. I would have picked something like the Donkey Kong battle, just like the animation and sound effects when he gets agitated. It's just funny. But um, so since I've already shared that story, I'll just say uh, I'll admit that the rabbits are kind of infantile. Um, and they're very annoying when there's just a bunch of rabbits on the screen and that's all you get. But I, I'll admit that their interactions with like the Mario cast sometimes does make me chuckle. Like even just like their stupid faces and the the noises they make like that, that, that can be good for a laugh every now and then I think. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Um, it's small doses. It's really great. And I think someone had mentioned that earlier. It's like this game has just the right amount of rabbits. Like uh, when um, when you first run into Luigi, um, what's uh, Rabbit Luigi kind of like uh, slowly like approaches him and walks around him and inspects him from every angle. And then the two of them go into, we, you know, this routine when 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 you see your double and you raise your left hand and your double raises yeah. his right hand. Right. Like they do that thing where they're a mirror image of each other. And then I think I think they break into some kind of choreographed dance where they both just do their same moves at the same time. Like it's just dumb but funny. Agreed. Same like dumb but funny like the toilet humor. It was just so funny like when you're walking around in the world and like you would just find something that's just, like somehow like embedded in the landscape. Uh, usually like a toilet. Uh, I just thought it was it was humor that like I otherwise wouldn't find all that funny, but just like it really worked in this game. I, I mean, early in the game, but it still kind of made me giggle a little bit. Was seeing the rabbit with a lampshade on its head, and Bebo ma- makes the comment that this this guy's not just wearing a lampshade; he's wearing the whole lamp. He must be the life of the party. <laughs> and then I think later on, I, I was watching a video with this. They have a reference to the Red Baron from uh, Peanuts, where a rabbit is laying on the top of a doghouse. And Bebo makes a comment that he'll get red, mm. the Red Baron one day, which, as a Peanuts fan, that one kind of made me chuckle too. <laughs> is that a rabbit thing? Like, they just, like, lampoon just random stuff out of pop culture? I mean, I, I don't... I don't know. This is the first thing I've ever done with, with is, rabbits. Have but... any of us actually played any of the rabbit games? <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> we play real games. Um, any any okay, other funny Mario moments? Mario drew you to this, huh? Sorry, um, what'd you say, Pat? I, I said, so you're telling me you only played this because of Mario, huh? Yeah. Well, the fact yeah. That yeah. It yeah. sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it like the first tactical-based RPG uh, for the Switch? So it's like, you know, if you were if you were thirsty for something to play on your switch and you were, you know, an RP gamer, you would be like, OK, this is something I'd pick up even like me. Like I had a general distaste for the for the whole rabid franchise, but I was willing to pick the game up in spite of that. Yeah, I think it was more the quirky IP rather than the actual like style of gameplay for me. Yeah, it's, it's such a that's a really good way to describe it. I think maybe early on I was still kind of under the impression it would it would be somewhat more XCOMish. Um, yeah, that's probably the better move to not do that. Yeah. Uh, as soon as Josh, Josh said tactical RPG, it's like, what? I'm in. <laughs> so, uh, uh, um, Wiz, did you say you have a favorite moment? My favorite moment in the game is one of the boss fights, which involves singing. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. also one of my favorites. <laughs> yes. Opera singing, even. <laughs> yeah, what? Josh... Josh sent yeah. me that that video of of that particular song, and well, one it gave me great mighty poo vibes because of course right. it did. <laughs> but what then else? I 
I was just making fun of the fact that Mario can only say two things in any given game made me chuckle. And then when it ended with your princess is in another castle, it's like, okay, (laughs) Ubisoft did their homework. This is hilarious. The development team behind this game, you could tell, just really loved Mario. And just beyond like that song, like my favorite funny moments would just be lots of random things you'd encounter along the way or just like funny little animations. Like I I love a game that has little touches like that. Like just the way the characters move around the battlefield and do their attacks and everything. It's it's a delight, I would say. So so moving on to the second question, Wheels, um, did you have a favorite character? Uh, I think it'd have to be Rabid Peach. Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) She was, uh, or he was, uh, quite the character. Yeah. (laughs) Cofton stole the show (laughs) without ever actually even saying anything. Yeah. No, I mean, none of the characters other than the the room (laughs) say anything. And, And yet there's so much personality in this game. It's great. I think I agree with that. And yet, I also think, man, Rabbit Peach really walked that line of, like, one one toe in the wrong direction, and she would have been the worst character, just, like, in a snap. No, mm-hmm. I, uh, I agree with that, but uh, sometimes you gotta walk that line. <laughs> I'm gonna say my, maybe mine was Yoshi, because I didn't get to play as him, and I imagined it would that he probably comes with like really awesome abilities and uh, would have been a lot of fun. So I'm going to pick him. I forget what his abilities are because he's late in the game. Yeah. And at that point, I wasn't like spending time to learn and upgrade, like an up level, a new character. I don't think I ever probably use him. What a shame. <clears throat> shame about that late, late edition. Um, I wheels. You just reminded me. Now it's for the previous thing you said, but um, you were talking about like the little animations when you um flank a rabbit who's in who's in cover. If you're like you, popping around the corner of his little cover, they have a little animation and the sound effect that goes with it of him like getting startled to see you and like jumping back. <laughs> <laughs> like you literally snuck up on him. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many, so many little touches like that that uh, I really love. I kind of want to see that at XCOM actually. Like when you, if you, if you flank like the Snake Men or something, <laughs> that they have like a startled expression on their face and comically jump back. I feel like we need just a funny version of XCOM or another comedy uh, tactical game, because I mean. Pr- getting a little pre-show it seemed like this guy is kind of worn out it's welcome a little bit when it comes to the comedy tactical games oh were you guys talking about this guy earlier uh we were a little bit yeah talking about how terrible five is must have missed it i'd love to throw that in whenever i can sorry (laughs) no we could not you could not have missed it i thought that you were the reason we started talking about it No, I, 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 I almost said something, but then I realized Pascal's dry uh, sarcasm there. I think I came onto the call right after that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, P- Pascal and my husband are cut from the same cloth. You two would get along well together. What, jumping into conversations after Disgaea talk is over? Is that what you mean? Well, that and, you know, yeah, being, that's all I being, did. A, being a sassy bastard when it comes to sarcasm. Being a hating asshole is, is what I'm hearing you say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try to leave. I try to leave, and I like that you. 
I did no, like that you told me fine. I couldn't leave a few minutes ago. So no, it's fine. Like I said, like I said, I don't tie my identity to liking or hating one game. Yeah. Remember that backtrack a while ago when you forgot I was on, like at the end of the recording. <laughs> oh yeah. Remember, remember Undertale when you forgot all about me being on there for the last two hours? Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Oh, Pascal, you're making me feel bad. <laughs> anyway. So, what was your favorite song? <laughs> I mean, you guys brought up the opera song. Yeah, that that that's already my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I have to look it up. You don't remember the Phantoms theme? Oh, it was fantastic. No, yeah. I don't. It's so it's in the Ghost Land, is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ghost World, or I don't. What are the different worlds? Is there like a like a desert or Western town? I feel like there was a desert one. There was an ice one. What was the other one? I keep just everything I come up with is Paper Mario stuff. That's more in my brain right now, and I can't differentiate. I remember the desert world having all the like the Egyptian hieroglyphs of Mario and the rapids everywhere. That was kind of fantastic. Oh yeah, I remember that. There was so did, much, like you said, wheels. There's so many great little touches in the game. Yeah. Did uh, any of the music um, reference old Mario songs, or was it pretty original? I think it was a lot of it was original. I think um, I can't think of the guy's name. Wasn't it the uh, Donkey Kong Country composer? Did some of the music for the game? I can't remember his name. Terrible at remembering names. Uh, but I, I believe it was mostly original, maybe with like some little touches of Mario. And of course, no, but none of us have played uh, any of the Rabbits games, so no one knows if they remixed any of that. <laughs> it was uh, Grant Grant Kirkhope is yeah. the composer. Okay. So what I heard when I was watching um watching uh, some videos earlier, just this is all just from World One. It wasn't really anything that um blew me away. Maybe when you get into the more exotic worlds, I could, like you were talking about, like the Egyptian world, I could see like music. That would be a great place to have some. Like I'm thinking of like the uh, the Game Boy Super Mario Land. I think they have some Egyptian music in certain levels and stuff like that. Um, just assuming that maybe they had that here. I, I think so. The, the hub world is Peach's Castle, and I I want to say they do play like the traditional theme in that area. They do. That's correct. It's like there's only a few times that you hear like a Mario motif kind of find its way into the store. Uh, did everybody say their favorite songs? If you could remember. Mine was like the battle, the ice, the ice world battle theme, because I felt like I kept dying during that one of those fights. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your favorite? Memory. Yeah, committed to memory. It's the only oh. I can remember. <laughs> you have you have nightmares about it all the time. Is what you're saying? Eh, no, I think the um the game just has it does have a lot of really good music. When I was pulling up the soundtrack to listen to, um, I was just surprised at like how many bangers they have. <laughs> you bringing up dying all the time is just giving me nam flashbacks to Kingdom Hearts, but <laughs> I, I I digress. Um, uh, so. One question I do love to love to ask is just talking about your memories. You know, like what were you doing in your life when you was playing the game? Gr- granted, it was 2017, which kind of seems like a better time given COVID right now. <laughs> Back in the idyllic days. Yeah, when you didn't have to wear a mask to go everywhere or justify could, why you need a vaccine. <laughs> when it was easier to travel. And so having a portable like that was great. Yes. <laughs> when you weren't home all day, every day. Yes. Uh, anything memorable there? Uh, 
think I remember getting this guy. I think I, I got this as like a Christmas present. And I remember just like tearing through it over, you know, like kind of like between Christmas and New Year's and just like beat it in like 10 days and just absolutely adored it. Despite being, you know, like as we all talked about, like being slightly trepidatious about this, you know, hybrid of mario and the the rabbits like could you really stand a rabbits game could you really stand 30 hours of rabbits like would that really be okay and like yeah actually it turned out to be okay <laughs> yeah because i i mean i remember on uh, rpg cast you were raving about this one <laughs> no pun intended given the <laughs> title of one of the ra- rabbits games but he was like that's a really fun game i was like oh really yeah, yeah man <laughs> and, and Josh reviewed it for the site. Mm-hmm. Um, you were one of the reasons why I picked it up. Well, I, I think I was. I think I think a lot of people were stunned that that it came out as well as it did. It, it it's a much better game than you would would expect just by reading on paper. Like, oh, we're going to stick Mario and the Rabbids, and they're going to be together in a tactical RPG, and Ubisoft is going to make it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Huh? <laughs> None of those things make sense to me, but somehow it worked. Sounds like a sentence made by a random word generator. Yeah. <laughs> Mario Rabbids Tactical RPG. Ubisoft. Because <laughs> that's the name you think of when you hear tactical RPG. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, well, they made a good one. This, despite all the Ubisoftness in the game, it came out good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm gonna guess a lot of that had to do with Nintendo watching over the project a bit too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm sure they had their own fair share of quality control. Yeah, but but regardless, um, anybody else have any special? I don't really memories? have any like memories tied to this. I, I I really was trying to think, and nothing. I mean, for me, it's, it was it was the first game I played on a new console. You know, whatever that counts for. But no, I don't, it doesn't really remind me of anything happening at the time. Nope. So uh, it was kids, just a game. My kids enjoyed watching me play it. That was fun. My son even tried to play it a bit. So, yeah, that was good. It's just a question I like to ask because, you know, I am a very associative memory kind of person. So I can, I can usually tell you, like, any at any point in my life what what game I was playing at the time. You oh, know, like, I'm like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything, Paul? Yeah, my wife was pregnant. She, we were, like, just uh, about... Mm, eight or ten weeks away from our daughter being born that's why i remember mario odyssey um mm. so like vividly because i remember then freaking out because it was like days away as opposed to this was weeks away and i remember being like man better play this game while i can because i'm not going to be able to play games as much as i want which was true <laughs> but obviously not so much the fact that i uh you know i'm here on this website now at rp gamer when I was, uh, <laughs> you know and until 2020 when i now had two kids so better time did you, say, did you say rp gamer or whatever uh, i you know <laughs> for, RPG because fan, for tw- RPG you guys you know, no, whatever no, we're called no because for tw- you know i've been um a reader of the website since i was like in middle school okay and i have always in my mind because i'd never said the website out loud I'd always read it in my head as RPG Gamer. And then the first time I heard Paws say it, um, like in, I think the, I think when I was on one of these casts before, I just remember her saying it and me being like, oh my God. So yeah, she's, it's she's hard for me to say it. When people ask you me, a message tomorrow. I know, I'm fired, you guys. I'm sorry. I was it was gonna a pleasure. Say, 
that just shy of a year, just shy of a year. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's but, been um, nice working with you. You've spent yeah. a year at RPG Gamer. You'll always have that though. <laughs> but that's and so when people ask me if in real life people will be like and I'm tell them that I that I write for a video game website like what's it called and I'll be like rpggamer.com <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said or whatever so yeah it's been a pleasure you guys <laughs> <laughs> you'll hey, find you, me at rpggamer.com that's free she, she, she'll fire you and then she'll be like wait you actually get stories done on time and say that you're going to do what you're going to do so you're hired again so it's all good fine I don't mind the whiplash no, you're, you're... listen if I can still be here for like 10 years you're fine <laughs> yeah, and she yeah, fires so wheels like every um, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you started cranking out more uh, podcasts after the third baby, I think, than before. That's true. That's actually very true. <laughs> I mean, I've I've only played like an hour of this game, but I can tell you my memories of it were uh, last week I was on vacation and I pretty much went on a gaming bender for all five or all what ten days because it was like from a, a weekend to a weekend, so. I just kind of went through my library and was like, let's try stuff and see what sticks. This was after I'd finished Monster Hunter Stories too, And I was like, well, I've got this backtrack coming up, so I'll boot up Wario and Rabbids. And wow, this is fun. Okay, well, I'll put this down because I want to start World Ends With You or new Neo World Ends With You. And that one's kind of got me by the nose hairs, but I will go back to this one at some point, um, assuming there is more good stuff coming along because, man, this summer has been kind of a great summer regarding games. You got Tales soon. I, I got Tales. I've got uh, Katara Fables coming up, which, you know, stars a cat. So, of course, I'm going to play it. <laughs> and... Uh, um, did you yes. know that you can like um, adjust your your fur color and pattern and stuff like that, a like calico and what stripes you have? What? I didn't. I didn't know. God, that. I grabbed the wrong review code. I <laughs> wrote that in my impression, you guys. Yes, you can. Yes, of course, which I read. Yeah, yeah. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> now, I knew now that. you remember. Yeah. Well, what are you reviewing? <laughs> have you played Cattails on the Switch or PC? Yes, um, the one that was the basically the cat simulator, but with a Harvest Moon stent. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about that opening? That opening film. It was basically oh. like family adopts a cat. It looks like they're playing, and the cat maybe scratches the daughter. And the next thing you know, it's like the cat's just abandoned in a field. That hurt me so bad because I've actually known people that do that have done stuff like that, and yeah. it's like I I am an animal just. I mean, I'm not like a crazy animal rights person, but I do love animals and especially um, companion animals and especially cats. And that that one kind of hit me a little bit. I had to, I definitely had to have a cry after that. But, yeah, I was not, <clears throat> I was not expecting it. And um, I bought the soundtrack. <laughs> the soundtrack to the game was so good that I, I've definitely listened to the soundtrack as background music, like when cleaning or cooking or working. Um, way more than I have um, played the game itself, which I bought for like a dollar ninety nine on the Switch <laughs> eShop. It was incredible. Um, I th- I think at some point we're gonna have to have just an RPG cats uh, themed backtrack where we can go do cat <laughs> cat tale and cat quest. Um, Guitar Fable will be in there, and if if I can think of any other cat RPGs, that'll be in there too. Yeah, uh, that sounds like a good roundup. Those those are all games that you know could. 30 minutes to 40 minutes each and yeah i mean put them together that's that's the problem is a lot of rpg starring cats as the main character don't really last that long from what i find mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, 
I don't know, go, go into a side segment where I can talk about my other favorite RPG cats like Red 13 and Morgana and uh, Rollo from... Whoa, 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 whoa. Zillion. We're trying not to do six-hour episodes, Kelly. I know, I know. I've never considered Red 13 a cat. Oh, that I'm, some people debate you on that. Yeah, I'm, I was kind of like, wait a minute, is is it feline? I've never, I don't think I've ever put the amount of time to even think about it. Hmm, maybe. It's like some, some people swear it up and down he's some sort of dog. Some people swear up and down he's some sort of lion. I've always thought of him as a feline. Well, yeah, I mean, with lion, that would still make sense. Yeah, okay. Lions Pretty sure cats. Well, then... Well, he was not in the remake, right? Yeah, he he's there. He's there. Oh, okay. Was he? All right. Yeah. He has like a like a British accent, which kind of threw me for a loop. And um, <laughs> he's a non-playable character, though. I feel like that makes sense. I get it. The it, British it accent. It does now. It does now. But it, it just it threw me for a loop initially. I'll admit. I was ten when I played Final Fantasy VII, and in my head, no one was British. So. <laughs> <laughs> and these days, that's become the thing. Like you, you do your RPG, and you make all you make all the voice actors British. I mean, honestly, if you had heard my um, Italian accent earlier today, you should just be glad that I um, was not uh, thinking everyone was Italian when I was playing these games back back in the day. Do you remember the um, the like fan outrage when they discussed that, like, I guess, like English voice work was being completed or was being prioritized somehow, like on Final Fantasy 16? No. Okay. Well, then, never mind. <laughs> just edit this whole part out, please. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier when we edit uh, nothing out, I do the edits unless Pascal calls me on ah! Discord and has to uh, cut whole segments wholeheartedly. I, I edit nothing I'm out. I'm gonna get the gang back together so we can discuss the Final Fantasy 16 English voice acting stuff tomorrow. <laughs> I, see you there. Um, earlier when Kelly was asking you, Paul, if if you, uh, what, do you is there anything else you can tell us about the story? I. In my mind, I was just screaming, like, just, no, <laughs> just say no. <laughs> We're, let's move on. Not because I wanted to be done. I just was like, oh, this, you know, th- this would be a great, that would be a great beat in the podcast. Just no. Okay. <laughs> I just want, yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> Don't cut that. Um. Just, please leave in how I killed the podcast right at the end. <laughs> I, no, I, I just wanted nothing. you to know that someone else can be sarcastic too. <laughs> oh man, we we had somebody the other a couple episodes back that right in the middle of the skit that we do at the beginning was like he flubbed the line and like oh okay just edit that out and went back in. I was like oh my god now I got to do editing. <laughs> awesome. Now I'm just gonna go sign up for a whole bunch of these. <laughs> I edit nothing. I was on somebody's podcast once, and they were like, "Oh, we don't have uh, podcasters usually as guests on this." So, uh, tell us, what do you think of the editing process? I was like, "Editing? You know, I slap some music what's in between editing? segments, and we're done." <laughs> Wheels, like, how much editing do you do to a Q and A quest? I put the music in. That that that's what I do here. <laughs> I actually I run a filter. Actually, I run two filters. They take about two minutes and, you know, slap some music and we're done. RPG Gamer, our editing takes two minutes. Exactly. (laughs) Slogan for my new website, you guys, next week after I get fired. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not editing any of your stuff out. So, you know, we got plenty of fuel for fire here. (laughs) Pause, do what you want. But uh, he sounds like a nice guy, even with the accent. 
So, uh, listeners at home, in case you can't tell, we're stalling a little here. We've got a little little technical difficulty going with my co-host. Um, she usually does the outro better than me, so... <laughs> if need be, I can do this, because, you know, RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, or RPGamer.com, whatever you wish to call it in your head canon. But uh, we are your one-stop You just shop. got us all fired. <laughs> it just sounds so natural when you say rpgamer.com and like you hear my hesitancy when i say it so i'm just gonna i'm gonna stand in front of the mirror tonight and i'm going to practice saying it so we'll see listen it's four ounces of vodka i just say what's written here i don't put any thought in behind this at all but however you choose to say our website's name we are your one-stop shop for the latest rpg news reviews impressions and so much more we've got all our podcasts which kelly talked about at the front of our podcast you know wheels has got the q a quest and wheels we got to get your uh, co-host back here we haven't had uh yeah we haven't had your man your man on the west coast on quite a while you gotta do more yakuza David, yeah. yeah there you go but um I know David's wanted to be on. It's at one point he said he's. I think his goal was to be on like fifty percent of the shows this year, and he's he's been on quite a bit. So, I mean, I love when he's on. He knows so much. I don't know how his memory retains it all, but it it's he it makes it very easy. Yeah, it makes it very I mean, easy to be a guest when he's on. It, exactly. I mean, no disrespect for Wheels, but you're a podcast. Is like seventy uh, percent, David, isn't it? No, he's the heart of the show, and I'm just the guy that falls asleep and slaps some music on the recording. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hey, you know my own podcast that I uh, host, uh, Slime Time. That's why I have a guest on every week because I'm not going to carry the show. Uh, <laughs> definitely get on somebody that knows a lot about something, and let's interview you, and you just talk. You know, kind of like we Kelly and I had uh, you four on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> where, where editing is not our priority. Editing is not a priority. <laughs> Getting people that know their shit on is the priority here. Yeah. Because in this one, uh, Kelly and I were definitely uh, not the experts on this game. With a total of one hour of playtime skewed to her 100%. But, you know, I, I, Kelly's having some technical issues, so I think it's about time to put this to bed. Um, I think you guys would all agree this was a, a it was a great game, right? You had fun? Totally. Yeah, it was a resounding success. Excellent. Not that any of us would know what any of the rabbits are like in any other game, but... Probably annoying. <laughs> You'll let us know how they are in the coding game. Yes, yes. This is definitely something that I am putting in a uh, IT request for tomorrow because Ke- Kelly mentioned this, and I looked, and I was like, oh, it's a PC thing. But then looking, no. As of January, they have it on iPads, and it's what all the kids in my school have. So one little email to IT, and by noon tomorrow, they'll all have it. And you know, in about four weeks, I'll remember to actually use it. Make <laughs> sure you grab your charger. Yes, yes, we'll get there eventually, but all right, I think I've done the outro. I'm going to put this to bed. If you're looking for a fun, breezy, tactical RPG, this sounds like a wonderful thing to invest some time in, 20 to 40 hours, according to Josh, Um, maybe less, depending on your play styles. But if you love Mario, if you love tactical RPGs, if you love humor, give this a try. Good night, all.